welcome to another episode of Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons. So, as always, I'm Peter. My cousin Tess is busy today. She's doing important, important summer things. But instead of Tess, you'll hear from the wonderful Elijah. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for inviting <laughs> me. I'm excited. So we're just going to have our few like introductory questions so people can get to know you. Sure. Um, and I guess we'll we'll link to your YouTube channel too, like at the at the end of this. But first of all, just like really briefly, like your so we always ask people just to like say your name and like your pronouns if you want to share. Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Elijah. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and online a lot of people know me as not so average fangirl. So either name pretty much works for me. <laughs> awesome. And then we usually ask what your favorite book is, but as I was telling you beforehand. <laughs> Um, Elijah like reacts to a ton of just really fun like different cartoons and things so like um, I mean she reacts to like Owl House as well so if you mm -hmm. want to expand it if you have like a favorite show that like takes precedence like up to you yeah that's a, that's honestly one of my hardest questions I get I actually get that question a lot and I can't I can't pick one because they are all my favorites for different reasons. They all do like different things for me. There's different things I absolutely love about them. So I don't really have a favorite. Um, I just love entertainment in general, shows and movies together. So yeah, I just, I can't, I can't pick one. It's, <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> my next question after that is since we have dragon in the title of our podcast, we do ask what your favorite dragon is. This can be interpreted however you want. <laughs> oh, actually, that's a really good question. I actually have, I don't know if you, if you remember, there was this, like this dragonology book growing up. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I have it. And it's actually behind me in my desk. And I was I was just always fascinated by dragons in general. Um, I think if I were to be a dragon, I'd probably definitely go for like a water dragon or something like that. I think that'd be really, really cool. That is amazing. Water <laughs> dragons are great. Yeah, I even like um, taught myself the dragon language. I learned how to like read and write the language that they had in that book. And I would always oh, write these so little cool. notes and my friends could never understand it. And I was like, yeah, it's because you don't know dragon language. <laughs> That's so cool. I thought cool. it was real. I thought it was real. I mean, you wrote it, so it's real. I mean, I learned like the runes <laughs> from How to Train Your Dragon. So like I used to write in that. Isn't they're, that the they're best real. though? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. Absolutely. Um, and then, so two more questions. One is also kind of just the silly like what is what's just a fun fact about yourself Ooh, um a fun fact about myself um i oh that's a really good question i mean i think when i tell people who don't watch my channel what the fun fact is it would be oh yeah i react to like cartoons and fun stuff but i guess for, if you already know that um a fun fact is that i prefer uh sometimes cartoons over real life shows actually no that's not fun i prefer fan fiction over regular books <laughs> oh okay yeah i feel like there's more freedom in fan fiction that authors get to have where when i read a lot of books i feel like a lot of times they have to follow um a certain a certain like publishing standard if that makes sense so i've i've noticed myself i used to go to the library a lot and now i've actually weaned away from the library and i read way more fan fiction than i do actual published books oh that's really interesting there's a fun fact 
I mean, that's that's incredible. And fan fiction can be like so fun. I don't I'm I don't read too much. I used to be like way more into fan fiction, like especially How to Train Your Dragon fan fiction. But word. Um, <laughs> but they are so hit or cool. miss. Yeah, they are hit or miss yeah. for sure. But when you can find a good gem, it's like wow. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and our last question. So we always ask people since we're a creative writing podcast and like we want to kind of dive into like what stories and like writing kind of means for us um why the question is basically like why why do you like stories um what do they mean to you or like i don't know if you write i know you do like music i i do write fan Um, fiction as well okay so (laughs) i write for pitch perfect (laughs) (laughs) um so in that case you can also like what does writing mean to you sure yeah um I I absolutely adore stories and storytelling. I am a huge stories kind of a person, um, which is why I love movies. I love television. I love fan fiction. I love um, art. I love <clears throat> I love dance, where you can use dance as a form of telling stories. Um, I when I when I make my music videos, I always try to um, portray a story in them. I, I, for me, you know, you know, some music videos can be cool and just have a bunch of random stuff just to have it. But I really appreciate the music videos that actually tell the story of the song or tell a story as well as the song. Um, so they mean a lot to me. I feel like stories are very powerful. They can help people. Um, they can be really fun. They can be an escape, um, from, you know, hard things in the real world. So I have a very, very soft spot for stories, for sure. I absolutely adore them in any way, shape, or form. Wonderful. And that's definitely, I mean, the the point of this is just to, like, dive into those stories and see what we can, what we can learn or just, like, having fun with them. Absolutely. So, awesome. But with that, so we'll dive on into the episode. So we both watched season one, episode two yes and yeah i think so first we're just gonna like briefly kind of recap the event of the episode sure so so i'll I'll just like briefly go over it in the in the best of terms possible but basically go um, for it so day two loses in the the demon realm on the boiling isles she wakes up she's all excited to learn magic and she finds out that she just needs to work um (laughs) selling potions for ida so she's you know absolutely not thrilled about that nope and not at all no (laughs) (laughs) and as she's going like so king is going with her and they they go around the boiling aisles and they they knock on doors they sell potions luce is not having it and then they run into this wizard um Mm. person who appears to be a wizard and luce gets kind of wrapped this like quest thing that he tells her about and like she she thinks she's like the chosen one who needs to go and get this like celestial staff from the lake (laughs) and she has to go through all these things Ida like is following behind because Ida realizes like oh she's being scammed so apparently scams abound on the boiling aisles especially with wizards (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah and then finally like Luz kind of realizes like oh this is all like a scam she's not the chosen one and they they defeat the monster and they have a wonderful Ida and Luz have a wonderful like chat at the end so what we're gonna do our our first section after our recap is just talking about like the character of Luz in like each episode in and the the title of this category I call it following the light because obviously that's so nice 
I have like fun names for some of them and some of them I just couldn't figure out like stuff for. <laughs> That's a great one. I like that one. But yeah. So I guess at first, like what, what do you notice about Luce? Like what stood out to you in this episode? Like where is she at in her character progression at the moment? Yeah. It's, you know what? It's actually really interesting to go back and watch such an early on episode i haven't seen season one since it aired that was the first time i've gone back to watch season one so to see where she is currently in the show and to see where she started it's amazing like and and not just her like ida king to see the growth is is pretty interesting and amazing considering you know it's only a certain amount of episodes so i think loose specifically in the beginning is very young very her her youth really shows um especially in this episode you know she's just so um excited to go on a quest and she's so obsessed with what she thinks witches and magic is about because of these azura books and when she kind of gets the harsh reality of it it changes her perspective and is kind of a debbie downer on her positive attitude but i think definitely it's it's very interesting to see how young she was and um and naive and stuff in these first episodes episodes because if you watch our house currently she's matured a lot and so that's yeah that's just kind of what i took from it kind of being able to see her her innocence in at the beginning of all of this not knowing what was to come <laughs> yeah i definitely like didn't realize because like i think in season two she doesn't really go back to the good witches zora books like at all Mm-mm. i think there might be like maybe a reference or two that i'm missing but like definitely not in the way that she's looking at these books now and like I I think that's I mean that's definitely like where she got like this idea of what a magical world should be is from these books and she keeps you know when she's in in doubt of herself like she goes to this book and she sees you know pictures of (laughs) Zora like standing with all these people like admiring her so yeah definitely just I mean and we've all been there too just like (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know, wanting to be in these, like, magical fantasy worlds that we read about. Of course, and, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. I mean, until, like, it's only the last couple of years where I've really been, like, hmm, maybe some of these worlds I don't want to be in. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan as well, and I used to be, like, oh, I want to be a Jedi, and, like, I just finished Kenobi, and I'm, like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Uh... <laughs> no. No, I totally get that. Um, I, and I think that was a very, I like your point that she doesn't refer to the books very often. And I feel like now it's because she's living her own story. And, you know, it's it's much more real than the fantasy she originally um, had been in love with and had painted for herself in her mind. So that's a very, very good point. I, you, you actually, you know, pointed something out I didn't really pay attention to, but you're right. She doesn't. She lives I mean, her own story. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the mom's, goal and sending her to the camp at first too it didn't work out in quite the same way that the mom thought it would but like she's yeah she's still at that point where she's like relying on the book and like these she's trying to befriend the characters like in that way right Um, but we'll we'll get to a point later on where she's really living her own story as you said and kicking butt at it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean her her magic skills get like super crazy oh god so good though so good I mean, she's still just, like, super curious and, like, interested in becoming a witch. And I love just, like, her her excitement and enthusiasm. And, like, she dresses up with literally just, like, an old bathrobe. She doesn't realize it. But... And, a, and a dirty street <laughs> gown. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so funny. Also, the humor. Like, the humor has never, it's always been there. And it's fun to kind of go back and see the early humor. It's still just as good. And I I think the humor is one of, I mean, amongst other things, but it's definitely one of my favorite parts and um, aspects about the show. It's pretty good. I feel like the humor, like, because I I was watching Amphibia kind of along, like, at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think the humor stood out so much more in that. That, like for a while I was like oh Owl House isn't as funny as like I as it could be and kind of rewatching I'm like no it's like it's hysterical it is it absolutely but, is <laughs> but okay so that's that's kind of loose right now so we'll move on to other characters so the next section I just called it like the character corner just to talk about other characters in general and kind of separate out like our main protagonist from everyone else so I mean, there's a few other people. Are there any, like, characters who kind of stood out to you? Um, yeah, Ida. It's interesting to see early on Ida, you know, she, the the whole motherly connection wasn't there yet. I mean, it's there a little bit, like, she cares for Luz, but it's interesting to see how much that bond has grown since it started with Ida and actually with King too, because in this episode, you know, there's a, there's a moment where Ida sends King to go off with Luz and he's like, Oh, why? You know? And she's like, well, because you work for me, unless you want to start paying rent. And it's like, so their relationship went from you work for me and you stay here for free to you're my son, you know? And the relationship with Luz has switched to you're my daughter. And then between King and Luz, it's you're my sister, you're my brother. So it's like just their position in their relationship with Luz stood out to me because they have they have no idea the kind of time they're going to be spending with each other and the amount of love they're going to have for each other um, <clears throat> as their story progresses. So it's pretty interesting to see the beginning where Ida was just this wild witch, kind of like the same young Ida we kind of see where she was carefree and just did her thing and was more solo. And then to see her kind of grow into the mother she becomes is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, I guess we don't see, like, too much of her relationship with King. And we, I mean, we see the whole, like, you know, he stays there for free and doesn't pay rent thing. Like, he's been there for so long, as we we find out later. So Yeah, but eight years, right? Because he's eight years old. Yeah, something like that. So it's a long time. Yeah, so I don't know if, like, she's just, you know, we're, if that's, like, purposeful that we're, like, just getting this side of Ida, like, in the show. Or if yeah. she, like does imagine him as being more of like a son at this point and we just like don't see it because we're like not supposed to see it as the audience right right but yeah I mean and she like she latches onto loose like pretty early on even though like she's not coming across as too motherly like by the end of it she didn't have to like sit down and like show her you know the the aisle and like talk with her about you know not waiting for prophecies and things she could have just been like oh like exciting day like moving on (laughs) So. Yeah, I feel like Ida, you know, as much as she tries to be cool and suave, you know, she just can't help but care. She has a great heart. Her her character has an amazing heart. So I feel like she can't help herself but care, even though she tries to fight it sometimes. It's like, no, you care. You care a lot. <laughs> yeah. And King is just, I mean, at this point, he's he's just hysterical. Oh, always. He's always a cat with him. <laughs> and all the little noises he makes. And Alex Hirsch does such a good job at voicing him. He's always like, <laughs> and then when he eats, you know, he makes these little noises. And when he scampers yeah. around, it's just so funny. I forgot about like his, his addiction to scones in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also another character that I caught 
she's not shown in it, but I'm pretty sure Luce was talking about Amity when, and, and we haven't even met Amity yet, but if you, if you go back to the part where she is asking King, oh, which, which should I be? Should I be the optimistic and hopeful, blah, 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 like Azura? Or should I be the aloof, you know, brooding with paint, with black nail polish who acts like she doesn't care, but she does. Oh. I was like, <laughs> and I paused. I was like, she literally just described Amity. She described both of them because Luce is like the big optimistic one. And then Amity was the brooding with black nail polish and acts like she doesn't care, but she does. So I found that funny. I was like, that had to be a foreshadowing of Amity. It had to. It was too specific. I didn't even think of that, but like, yeah. no, I think you're totally right. I mean, <laughs> like briefly, I do have a section where it's like supposed to be Amity. And like in the last episode, me and Tess were like, we, we announced it and they were like, she isn't in this episode. So moving on. But no, apparently she is in this episode in a way. Yeah. Oh, she, I, I even... think she's definitely mentioned um, characteristically wise and personality wise at, at, in season one. Um, but we don't see her yet. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a little shout out to her, though, because she does show up a little bit later after that. Yeah. No, I'm so excited to to get to Amity in the next episode. Yes. She's my favorite character. <laughs> She's mine. I cosplayed as her once. I didn't. <gasps> Me too. <laughs> That's awesome. She's the best. I love it. She's so good. Was it her old uh, green hair look or did you cosplay as her new purple hair look? I did the purple. Um <laughs> yeah so i tried i mean my cosplay is not amazing like i'm not great at sewing but every cosplay um, is amazing (laughs) i tried i tried and my friend (laughs) my friend dressed up as loose so we had oh that's uh, cute what a little photo shoot together but oh that's awesome (laughs) i gotta see those (laughs) so but yeah oh that's amazing and definitely i can't wait to just see their dynamic too they have god it's so good yeah (laughs) and their growth is like a whole nother thing absolutely are there any other characters that like you wanted to talk about or i think that's kind of yeah for main ones it's pretty much it because then you just have the puppeteer guy who kind of ran everything i mean it was kind of funny to see uh luce's by side come out and her attraction to the to the prince guy who she Mm -hmm. she thought was real you know and then to see her it's kind of funny because when i was watching it she's like you know gushing over this guy's like please don't worry your girlfriend's in your future girlfriend's so much better it's (laughs) fine and she's real (laughs) but um but i appreciate that you know they showed loose being attracted to both genders in the show you know because i feel like by representation um isn't always represented well um and it's not you know, mentioned or, you know, sometimes the the bi community gets bad rep, which I think is ridiculous. And so it was just kind of cool to go back and see that because, yeah, even though currently in the show, she has a girlfriend who she loves and adores, but it does show, hey, she was, she's also attracted to to males as well, you know? So I liked that. I thought it was cool that they were able to include both in the show. Yeah. I mean, Lumity is like so perfect, but it does kind of overshadow Luce's bi-ness sometimes. Right, right. And it's like, I'm glad that the show didn't erase that, you know, they they show both, even though it's in different times and different periods of the show. It's like, it's still there. Luce is is by and I love that. I love that they get to show both of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and then there's just Hootie, but Hootie doesn't do too much right now. He's like, just trying to say good morning to you. Sheesh. Yeah. Ow. (laughs) So funny. Um, oh, hootie. But, okay. So moving on from characters, I, so I really love talking about, like, setting and landscape. 
It just mm. makes, I, I studied geography in college, so it makes me happy. But nice. we, so this next section is the Boiling Isles Travel Advisory, what you need to know <laughs> before you book your trip. Um, yes. So we're still, yeah, we're still just learning about the setting and this like crazy new demon realm place. So what, what kind of stood out in the setting to you? Probably like it, it was the first time we got a glimpse at Bonesboro, you know, it was like the first real time we even got an out, like a, a wide shot of it. Um, so for me, I think that actually stood out to me the most because I was like, oh, wow, this was this was the first time we were really introduced to Bonesboro because now it's mentioned a lot where we currently are in the show. So to kind of see the the first introduction to it and how fresh it was and how kind of scary, you know, because then Luce goes around and she's like, Oh, I thought I'd be special being the only human, but everyone just wants to kill me and eat me. And like, and then she's got like the gnawing fairy thing on her elbow. And, um, you know, you got to see all the different uh, characters and creatures that live in this realm. Um, so I think I just, I really like the freshness of it. It was, it was kind of cool to go back to that and see when it was new even though now in the show we're kind of so used to it, but to see it through the fresh eyes again was was really interesting. Yeah, my cousin and I last time we were just talking about how so many things are like are trying to eat either loose or yeah. each other, and like I think there was like three cases like they were trying to eat the person inside the TV, like the fairy <laughs> wanted to eat her. There was an ice cream that ate someone. Yeah, like I'm I'm just so curious about like. <laughs> the act of eating people here like what what laws are there everyone's like, they so arrest... hungry <laughs> <laughs> it's just so crazy like they they put all these people in the conformatorium for like writing fan fiction about food yeah. and yet there's literally people going around eating each other and they're just like okay i guess it's more like the animal kingdom in this world because i mean if you think about it you think about the savannah the jungle animals eat each other all the time humans are the only ones that don't do that <laughs> we're civilized to, uh, to some as to some point <laughs> to some degree yeah yeah to some degree you know there's moments where we're uncivilized let's be honest yeah. yeah i guess like with all these different like types of demons and stuff like they all have different dietary mm -hmm. needs <laughs> sometimes that means people clearly i love the part too where Ida was like oh i haven't even had my first cup of apple blood yet and luce is like you mean apple juice and she just goes no <laughs> that still just confuses me and haunts me to this day <laughs> i want to know where they're getting oh, this apple God. blood from <laughs> from the freaking core of the apple <laughs> the deep core of the apples they squeeze it and just <laughs> That's terrifying. Well, some apple blood ASMR for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even Ida, like, acknowledges that, too. Like, when Luce is heading out and she's talking to King and she's like, go, like, Luce is either going to be lost or eaten, like, probably yeah. both, so. <laughs> Luce just pops back at the window, no, I won't. <laughs> she didn't even leave yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, this place is, I mean, Bonesboro is kind of just frightening. Um, right. And I, I love, too, like, that we also just get, like, our first view, like, of the, the Titan itself, like, and the idea mm. that this place is, like, a is on the bones of something. Because I don't think we saw, like, a view like dead. that in the first episode. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I think you're right. It was more focused on Luce getting there, you know, so we didn't really explore that world too yeah. much, I don't think. The, I think this episode was definitely a, a, the introduction to starting to explore uh, the Boiling Isles for sure. Yeah. 
which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, the un- the only other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about in relation to like the the place of the Boiling Isles is just like mm. how kind of centered around business everything is. Like, mm. mm-hmm. Ida likes to talk about how she's the most powerful witch, and I don't think we see that quite yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, she's working on like her the antagonist that we see is literally just like focused on kind of destroying Ida's business because like she's a competitor and yeah, I don't know so. And like it's a the very, way that like, marketplacey kind yeah. of a location. Yeah, I mean, even loose to some extent. Like she wants to learn magic, and Ida's like instead of making her an actual apprentice, is like kind of makes her into an unpaid intern more. Yeah. Like. So, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of really interesting to. That is to actually now when you talk about it, it's true because even later episodes, there's a lot of stuff centered around the businesses and you know something like this. I mean, even look at Odalia and um, uh, Emily's dad. I, oh my god, his name just Alador. Um, you know, Odalia is just so obsessed with their enterprise and making these abomatrons for the profit of it, and you know, so you you on to something. It is very important for some reason in this world to be very successful in business. That's interesting. I wonder why. I just thought it was interesting to see that kind of take precedence, like over magic. It seems almost. It's almost like it's reflecting the human realm, how we're like obsessed with with business and making money like as a society where as as opposed to enjoying the planet (laughs) and enjoying each other everyone i feel like just works so much they don't get to enjoy life as much so that would be interesting if it's like dang you can't even enjoy the magic of this place because you're so busy trying to you know make snails (laughs) as they as they as the currency in the boiling aisles (laughs) Which is kind of a shame because the magic seems so, when it's not terrifying, it's like really amazing. Yeah, the wild magic. Like when they go back in time and it was just everyone helping each other and using magic for all these good things, you know, and then freaking Philip had to just go ahead and ruin all that. Yeah. But I don't know, like maybe at the end, like in season three, we'll we'll see a kind of return to that. I think so. Yeah. Less snail-based society. Hopefully, hopefully it's much more free and, you know, wild as it should be. Moving on from the setting. So only a few categories left. (laughs) So this one I just call witch training. And it's just like talking about the magic at this point in the show. And I mean, we don't get a lot of magic yet. Like we were Mm. just talking about how it's more more capitalism based than magic based at this point. (laughs) Right. Um. (laughs) So I don't know what else to add. Oh, the one thing about magic that I that I was kind of curious about is because like everyone we've seen so far is called a witch at this point, mm-hmm. with the exception of Adagast, who's like the one wizard, and I think he's the only wizard we ever see. Yeah, um, I mean, or was he really a wizard though? Because he was just puppeteering as a wizard. True, but like, so I'm I thinking guess, kind so of he's just a witch too. Probably, or I guess he's like a demon. Oh yeah, maybe he is just. Because witches are, yeah, witches are specifically like the human-looking ones with the pointy ears. Right, right. Didn't they have like that? I forget which episode it was, but they had like going through, you know, and that's why like little uh, tiny nose will eventually grow up and have like her like a full body and stuff. She's just in the baby stage. Remember, like they were showing the different um, species that live in the demon realm. Yeah. That was the hoodie, the season two hoodie episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Wait, was that knock knock knocking on Hootie's door? I think so, because, yeah, that was the King story. No freaking way. Yes, it was. You're right. I'm so, I can't again, believe Lumity I forgot that. overshadows everything. So. Of course. <laughs> I mean, to be, we did not know that was coming either. I love how they camouflaged it as a Hootie episode, and it totally turned into a Lumity episode. Yeah. No, that was hysterical. I love seeing the reactions to it. That's um, my most viewed reaction on my channel of all time so far. <laughs> it is insane it had it reached like half a million views already and i just i'm like are you serious this this moment has been watched half a million times i was like holy crap but it just goes to show how impactful that was like how big that was and uh, it's just you're right though it totally overshadowed everything else <laughs> which is it's fair it it yeah. deservedly so <laughs> that's true that's true yeah no so i I don't know, the wizard thing, to get back to that, I think, like, King mentions, like, wizards, too, and he's like, oh, they're just, like, people with glitter in their pockets. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, supposedly <laughs> there are other wizards, like, real wizards, maybe? Mm -hmm. Or maybe the implication is that all wizards are, like, these illusion-type puppet oh, things. Oh, interesting. Maybe. That's a good question. I don't know. I was just curious about it. I don't have, like, anything very insightful to talk about but. it's a it's a question for sure though that it would be nice to get some answers and insight on that one absolutely <laughs> but i think that's kind of it for magic so moving on to like the different themes that are presented in the episode which i don't have a good title for this <laughs> topic yet i like want to call it something relating to like azora because she's the mm -hmm. good witch azora so <laughs> I need to, need to come up with something. But yeah, I mean, I think like the focus of this episode is basically just on, you know, the chosen one trope in the story. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and uh, how it's not always exactly what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, Luce, <laughs> I love her whole just like everything's going so well for her. She's just like enjoying it, like basking in the in the limelight. Oh, she loves it. But... <laughs> yeah, she absolutely loves it. It's so funny to watch her go through that. She's like, yes! She's just like living her best fantasy, I swear. Yeah, which was amazing. I mean, <laughs> all like the fairies giving her presents and stuff. And, oh, all great. her little trinkets and outfit and everything. And then they wrap her up in it later. She's like, oh, betrayed by the gifts or whatever. I forget what she says, but... Yeah, like cool accessories or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was something like the that. Cool accessories. I was like, oh darn, that's a shame. Yeah, but I loved seeing, I I love seeing just this idea in this show. Like I remember when I first watched The Owl House, I kind of like struggled with season one a little bit. Mm. It just like wasn't my favorite show, and then like season two came, and I was like, this is just impeccable. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But I always just really liked this idea of like people not being chosen ones and like we all got to like choose for ourselves and do our own thing yeah. like i think ida just like summed it up really well at the end where she's like oh we can't like wait for a prophecy to like choose us otherwise we'll just like <laughs> be waiting forever yeah no that was really good i i always like the way that they kind of like you know wrap up the episodes with some really good messages and lessons and <clears throat> i think what i like about the owl house too is that even though Luce is the main character, main protagonist and everything, she's not a chosen one. It's not one of those stories because at the end of it, everybody is playing a part 
in saving this realm and 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 you know i kind of like that i like that it includes all these different kinds of characters and they're kind of working together as one to accomplish these things but it's not all on one main character's shoulders or storyline it's everyone and i think that's really cool and i like that there's a variety um diversity with the characters and i, I they just they just do that so well I, I think it's just done so so well and especially later on like once we find out more about bellos like mm. it's not i mean yes like Luz has this connection to him because of like their humanity but right and humanity being like they're humans not not that bellos actually has any like sense of humanity he doesn't um, have a soul <laughs> no He's a, he makes a great antagonist, though. He is a great, great villain because he is such a jerk. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to say another word, but I, I won't. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that, Save the that bleeps. That Yeah. <laughs> um, He's such a bleep. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I mean, I definitely feel like there's a sense that like anyone could have, you know, followed Albert into the door. And maybe not, I mean, they wouldn't have had the same exact story as Luce, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. it it just so happened that, like, she was the one who saw Albert that day and, like, you know, followed him in. But this story could have been, like, so different. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. It's, like, it just happened to be her. She was at the right place at the right time. Or the wrong place at the wrong time, however you want to yeah. look at it. <laughs> we'll see. The jury is still out on that one. Right. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it'll be right place at the right time because she's definitely grown as a character and and you know what it's going to be interesting to see if her mom notices that now that she's back you know Mm -hmm. it's like will will camila get to see how much her daughter's actually grown and changed you know i hope so i think so i think she already has to a degree yeah we'll see for sure it's gonna be fun the last thing that i have is just kind of a general like, if there's anything that we just want to mm-hmm. talk about. Sure. Um, anything specific you want to talk about? I don't think I had anything in mind, really. Yeah, it's kind of hard with these early episodes because there's not too much going on. Like, we don't really get to the nitty gritty of the storyline until, like, way later. So, uh, yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard to get to to dive deep with these early episodes because they're they're definitely more just establishing environment and characters and you know things names places um so it's kind of always fun though to go back and see and see the characters be like oh honey you have no idea what you're in for (laughs) you're so naive (laughs) you have no idea no for sure and just like makes me so excited to like get them to that point (laughs) right them later yes for sure. We'll kind of end it there. Sure. So, Elijah, if there's like any social media or like your channel, if you just want to like promote that. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, and if anyone's interested on in, uh, watching me react to a lot of fun shows, uh, you can find me on YouTube under Not So Average Fangirl, um, and as well as Instagram, Twitter. It's all Not So Average Fangirl, same handles. Um, Stay tuned for those who do watch the channel. Uh, I actually just started reacting to First Kill as well, that new Netflix show that's on there. Uh, I'm going to be finishing Heartstopper and, of course, Owl House when it comes back. Um, and some other shows are coming. So, yeah, if you want to check that out, go for it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
computer just <gasps> no did something oh there we go <laughs> oh, no weird weird wi-fi day um <laughs> we always get those wi-fi is supposed to work and sometimes it just wants to be a brat 